Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Aaron, today we are going to talk about Kickoff 2. All right. But before we do, uh, there's a couple other segments we've got. Um, first of all, I'd just like to f- uh, thank... I think his name is Zappy, but it's spelled Z-A-P-I-Y, and uh, he's, he's one of the guys over at uh, Retro Video Gamer, and uh, they've been posting the, uh, our latest episodes on their site. Uh, you can check them out at retrovideogamer.co.uk. Cool. Thanks, guys. Um, now, some feedback from our last episode. You know, We talked about Zool uh, oh, yeah. last episode, and uh, Dreamcatcher, who is uh, one of our return uh, feedback givers. Is that spelled gangsta style? Yeah, it is. Okay. He's he's straight out of, I'm not sure where he's straight out of. Compton? Possibly not, because this comes from the English Amiga boards. So, uh, but he Hampton. says, yeah, straight out of Hampton. Uh, Zool, what a tedious, mean-spirited game. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> he liked it just as much as we did. I, was, I didn't think it was that bad, did I? <laughs> he said, you're punished with every step you take, and it runs so uncontrollably flat, fast Every one of them is a misstep. That's that's sort of kind of true, yeah. <laughs> I felt dizzy just watching your YouTube playthrough, <laughs> especially where the part where the protagonist, definitely not an ant, <laughs> splits into like a bleary-eyed after image. Yeah. Did someone pass me a sick bag? <laughs> you know, the funny thing is when that first came out, I thought that was a pretty cool effect. But it, I don't know. I, I never understood the point exactly, except they give you extra shots or whatever. It didn't help that much. No. Invincibility for a short time would have been much, much better. Oh, yes. <laughs> you ain't kidding. Uh, we also got uh, quite a lengthy message from um, Anthony. And Anthony is over at the gurumeditation.org. Which, Love it. Love uh, that. Yeah. Amiga-related site. He's a great episode, as always. Just want to fill out some information on the 500 a bit more. Uh, He says, in truth, all Amigas came with real-time clocks, even the 1,000. They start incrementing time from the moment they are switched on until switched off, and noting time and date a file, and noting time and date a file is created or changed as part of the Amiga file system. The issue the Amiga 1,500, 600, and 1,200 have is there's no way to continue incrementing time and date once switched off. So without that, they start at the same time every time every time they are switched on. So you know, in a way, you were right. There's no real time. There's no battery clock. backed up yeah. clock. Um, you remember the old uh, the old PCs when you first got the old. The first thing you do every time, right? You hit enter. I mean, you, the thing comes up. It says enter the date, mm-hmm. enter the time. It's the same thing. You can, right, right. But that's not a battery backed up clock. I guess that should have been a little more. Yeah, yeah. And he said that um, the there were several uh, battery back clocks that were released. Uh, he said that. For the 1000, uh, the battery back clock add-ons attached to the parallel port of the mouse, the mouse port or as an add-on to the Starboard 2 RAM expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 1200 had the clock port for those expansions, though most of us got battery back clocks on their accelerators. 
So uh, that's a little bit about the real time clock. And he also uh, talked a little about a little bit about trapdoor RAM. He said early 500s released with 1.2, but the other interesting thing is that the really early ones had a Commodore key instead of an Amiga key on the left mm. side of the keyboard. Interesting. There's, I, it's funny. I've never seen one that had a 1.2 as we discussed last time. And I've certainly never seen that. So that would be, I bet that's probably a pretty rare item. Maybe not, but I've never seen one. Yeah. And uh, he said they were also released with the same Agnes chip as the 1000, which could access uh, 512K RAM, though they knew the next Angus for which the 500 would, was designed would address uh, one megabyte chip RAM. Which I guess that's the difference between the OCS and the ECS. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, that makes sense to me, at least. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and he said the 500 plus. Uh, placed one megabyte of RAM on the motherboard and supported an additional one megabyte in the trapdoor expansion. Uh, this allowed this mo- uh, Model 500 to support uh, the two megabyte chip in memory, which was the same as the 3000 and the 6000. I wonder if we got the 500 plus in the States. You know, that's a good question. Because I, now, I ran in circles where guys had a lot of Amigas and they were very popular, you know, but these are small circles, granted. And there was an Amiga store here in town. And I personally never saw a 500 plus. I heard about them. I read about them in the magazines. That doesn't mean they weren't here because we are. It's not like we're in New York here, but uh, it would. I never saw one, and mm-hmm. they sound they sound real nice. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. that sounds great. I wish I had one at that point. And it's kind of funny, um, you know. I did. Oh, thank you again, Anthony, for for yeah, that. Thanks, feedback. Anthony, man. Um, I did a little research, and by that I mean I went to Wikipedia. Well done. <laughs> and, um, and I just you know because we were talking about <laughs> what kind of RAM. What amount of RAM did these machines come with originally, you know, when they were released? Uh-huh. And um, so, you know, we, we first talked about the Amiga 500, which was released in October 1987. And it came with 512 um, out of the gate right. up to nine megabytes. So okay. that's, it's very big. Uh, the Amiga 2000, which was released, uh, I guess, before the 500, but it was, you know, the, the big boy right. version of the Amiga it came with one megabyte, but it still only had an upper limit of nine or megabytes. Now, um, the Mac Plus, which was uh, a year older, January 1986, came with one megabyte out of the gate. And as far as I could tell, it had the most RAM of any computer, you know, on release of anything from that time period, but it could only go up to four megabytes. Nothing Mm. could go up to what the Amiga could go up to. Um, The 520 ST, was released in June of 1985. So we're talking about two years before the Amiga 500, and it came with 512. So it came with a lot of RAM for a machine from 1985. Um, but it could only be expanded up to one megabyte. Really? Yeah. The uh, the IBM computer, the PC from that time period was the PS2, um, and it was released in April of 1987 with 512K. 87. Okay. Sorry, 87. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, was, that would not be of that time period. Uh, and finally, your beloved Coco 3 uh, was released July of 1986, and it came with 128K of RAM, and you could expand that all the way up to 512K. Impressive, eh? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, the, uh, the Coco was the little computer that could. I love that machine. It gets a lot of hate, the trash 80 stuff. And over overseas, it was the Dragon. Which I found out, you know, again, this is from uh, another podcast uh, called uh, Floppy Days. Great podcast. And and they were talking about the the Dragon versus the Coco and the fact that basically the Coco's entire makeup was 
it was the standard chip that came with the 6800 chip, right? So, I mean, it wasn't a clone. Anyone could make it. It was just standard stuff to make the computers. The Dragon's not really a clone. But uh, uh, they're both good machines. And for that time, you know, they were... Of course, you would consider that was 86, and the uh, 1000 came out in, I think, 85. It crushes, though. It crushes the cocoa <laughs> in every conceivable way. So it <laughs> just goes to show you how far ahead of its time the 1000 was. All right. Up next, we got some con news. Aaron, what do you have? I was just nosed around earlier today and noticed that the uh, Amy West 2015 show is going on. actually started yesterday, October 14th. It's running through the 18th, which is uh, this weekend. Uh, we'll probably get this show out in time for anyone to hear it to head down. Uh, the uh, show is in Sacramento, California. It's at the Holiday Inn Express, 2224 Auburn Boulevard in Sacramento, California. Like I said, if you're uh, somewhere in town, I've heard it's a really good show. And, uh, hey, who doesn't want to go out to an Amiga show? I'd, I'd like to go to one myself. The closest thing that comes to us, really, that's uh, classic computer-related is up in Columbus. Uh, and uh, it's not Amiga only. So I'd love to hit an Amiga show. So if you're lucky enough to be out that way, you know, check it out. And uh, if you go, drop us a line. Let us know how it went. Awesome. This will be the bumper. <clears throat> All right. It's time to talk about our game of the week. Oh, boy. <laughs> so this game... Uh, is Kickoff 2. The Kickoff franchise is a series of football simulation computer games first released in 1989. Uh, Kickoff, the first game in the series, was designed by Dino Dini. I I think that's how you pronounce his name. It is exactly correct, sir. Excellent. And uh, was released by Anko for the Amiga and the Atari ST in 1989. But we're not talking about Kickoff. We're talking about Kickoff 2. Kickoff 2 was released in uh, 1990 and uh, Aaron what do you what do you what do you got on kickoff 2 well <clears throat> it's funny that I actually had heard of this game and the, and the main reason is uh, uh, there's a podcast called uh, retro asylum out of the uh, UK great podcast I enjoy it very much and Dino Dini is one of their main uh, sponsors I really? hear his name oh yeah Dino Dini they mentioned him almost every episode in fact I was over call he saved the uh, podcast at one point with a, with a con- contribution to keep them liquid over there wow so uh, and I, I from knowing about him I'd heard about the game and uh, had uh, had some knowledge of it again I you know full disclaimer as I mentioned last week I don't know much about soccer I don't know anything about uh, World Cup soccer. I don't know the rules of soccer except for the general rules. I've never played soccer in a league, and I uh, I don't necessarily like to watch soccer. That much said, uh, I'll play me a game or two of uh, soccer. And I had heard of kickoff too, and, and and believe it or not, after playing it, I did remember having played it back in the day. So I had a little bit of experience with it. Uh, you mentioned that uh, the uh, that Dino did do it. Dino pretty much was soccer man. In fact, as far as I could tell, pretty much all he did in his career were soccer games. I've got a list here somewhere. Let me dig it up here of what he had pulled off. Basically, he's mostly known for guess what? This game. <laughs> he uh, he did he did kickoff. Uh, 
kickoff two. He did he did the uh, at least some of the expansions. I couldn't I couldn't verify that he'd done all the expansions because apparently there are a ton of expansions and I'd listed all the ones I could find, uh, but uh, I'm not sure there that, that there weren't more. Um, <clears throat> uh, Dean did um, he transferred over from to another software company to do a a, a, a game called Goal. Uh, he and he actually breaking news as of I think it just came out like in the past month or two. Uh, he is actually making a new soccer game. Uh, it's called I think it's called Kickoff Revival, mm. and it's coming out for the PS4 of really? all of all things. Yeah, uh, I looked it over. Uh, it's uh, it's one of those. It's the classic thing. It's going to be in the spirit of the original. Uh, it's going to be in 3D. Um, uh, yada yada yada. It's supposed to come out, I think, next year. <clears throat> uh, I, and this just uh, the announcement just came out the other day, so it's as, as timely as today's headlines. I don't know if he might have uh, made it the announcement to coincide with that uh, with that tournament you spoke about last week. Uh, there is a tournament with this game involved. Apparently, it happens every year. Like Boat said last week, the fifteenth one's taking place uh, in November, I believe it was in Dublin. Which is this game still gets played? Apparently, it's a pretty popular game uh, overseas. Um, <clears throat> the uh, funny thing about it is, I read a lot of. I tried to do a lot of boning up on this game because, like I said, it's really it was a foreign game to me. No pun intended. One thing I came across was that <laughs> uh, there are a lot of people that fight about this game in Sensible Soccer a lot. I don't know if you came across. Oh any of that. yeah, and uh, <laughs> having having played both. And I am certainly not a judge of these things, uh, and and not known enough about soccer to, to really make a, a comment. But I know people are very passionate about this. I read a uh, blog from a chap who I guess worked at I think he worked for Amiga Power, and uh, uh, he had been an editor there. And I guess that he didn't like uh, this game. He was a sensible soccer guy. In fact, he went to work for Sensible at one point, Sensible Software. And uh, boy, he they were killing this guy. He's been embroiled in this big thing for years and years, and there were fights back and forth about what the game was rated and how and and how well it scored with critics. Uh, uh, and uh, I checked a couple other places and forums, and it's amazing that even I mean, I kid you not, as much, as recently as this year, people are still fighting about this game in sensible soccer. It's the damnedest thing I've ever yeah, seen. And I mean, uh, you know. Dino doesn't shy away from controversy either. He uh, he is. I've read some interviews. He did one uh, in Retro Gamer back in 2004, um, and uh, he basically just flat out said, "Hey, sensible soccer would not exist if it were not for kickoff." You know, they stole all the best ideas. They made it easier, so you know more people could get into it. Um, and he he kind of claimed that he invented the overhead soccer genre. Um, and uh, you know, if I had spent, you know, he's a one man development team. You know, he he created the kickoff series, and I'm sure that he's very passionate about it. If I ever did something like that, you know, and, and another game came along that was similar and stole a lot of my thunder, I'm sure that I would be perturbed also. But um, it is definitely a controversial subject with, uh, you know, any kind of uh, football or soccer-loving uh, Amiga fan. It's funny you should mention uh, the fact that he says he's excited. I had read he was a controversial fellow. and he, Maybe this was, I don't know, when he's even commented on this recently but maybe he still comments on it all the time i you know but uh a couple of things i read had had talked mentioned a game i think it was like micro pros soccer yeah, that, that predated that? and it um, and and uh 
uh, that had an overhead view and mm-hmm. stuff. And, I, and there, a lot of people are saying, well, you just got this from here. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah. he said that he was the first person to have aftertouch. And there was another game, uh, I think a Japanese uh, overhead soccer game that called it like banana shot or something like that. But it was basically the same thing um, that all that information might be wrong. But the, the, the general idea is sound. Um, and so, you know, it's, and it, what what didn't help was I guess in Amiga Power they published a letter that was supposedly written by him but not actually written by him right. that makes him out to be some sort of a really whiny kind of crybaby when it turns out he didn't write that letter at all they published it without doing possibly the due diligence they should have and that really I guess you know reading his blog uh, he said that that really took him to a dark place for many years because you know he was perceived by the entire Amiga community which you know read these magazines as being this kind of spoiled you know crybaby that you know when things you know when Sensible Soccer came out and it didn't go his way you know he got mad but that's, you know, if not for things like this, what would the internet be good for? <laughs> and it's funny because even this is an argument stretched so far back that I was looking at news group. <laughs> it's been around forever. Uh, the blog I read was from 90, mm-hmm. you know, and God knows where that had came from. Right. So you're talking that just that alone is you're, you're looking at 20, 25 years mm-hmm. of, of, of whining and, and back and forth. But then again, you know, hey, Super Nintendo Genesis and, you know, Atari Commodore. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of healthy feuds out there. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure at some point we'll get to Sensible Soccer and maybe we can come to some. I'm, I'm certainly not going to weigh in on which one's better right now. I can tell you that. Uh, it's uh, too early to say. Let's just put it that <laughs> way. Uh, as Boat mentioned, this was, this was put out by an outfit called Anco. I looked over a list of what they'd done, um, and honestly, I don't recognize any of it, except <laughs> for the kickoff series. And, uh, Boat, I'm guessing you wouldn't recognize it either. I'm, I mean, it's there's a lot of stuff on here. I mean, they did some stuff like Death Trap, uh, Death Bots. You know, uh, it all kind of sounded like your <laughs> your kind of apogee, you know, shareware titles. Well, you like know, the Karate King, mm-hmm. you know, Karting Grand Prix. I mean, it does. I mean, hey, this stuff might be great. Again, I don't want to sit here and kill them. I just, I've not heard of any of these games. Yeah, it's possible that these except games for might be great. Kickoff the series and the Player Manager series, which I'd heard of, mm-hmm. and I remember getting and not knowing what the hell they were. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the, I guess the graphics guy on this was a dude named Steve Screech. It's an awesome name. That is an awesome name. Um, he, again, he did a lot of soccer stuff. He did a basketball game called Tip Off and a some sort of uh, shooting game called HR-35 Fighter Mission, according to Lemon Amiga. Again, with the exception of the kickoffs, I've not played tip-off or fighter mission. Uh, um, I believe this guy was involved in a... Uh, a new version of uh, kickoff that was like kickoff ultimate or something like that. I think it was he was trying to do a revival around 2002. I read somewhere and I guess it wasn't very good. Mm. Um, well, it's funny because in that 2004 retro gamer article, he said that he was Dino said that he was working on a new game. Now I don't know if he did something between there and this thing coming out for the PS4. Did you see anything about that? He had they the kickoff has had about a million incarnations. That's why it's it's tough to follow. It's <laughs> had uh, uh, um, so many I mean there's kickoff kickoff 2 kickoff 3 uh, there's kickoff 2002 um, it didn't sell very well and it was the, according to what I read it was the last thing that uh, 
that Anko did. I guess they had planned well, a 2004 release, and it just got it got canned. Well, see, you know, Dino had left Anko by that point. Oh yeah, he goal, was. This was just. This was yeah. just. I don't know. I mean, he did goal, and that was not Anko. That right, was somebody goal, else. He, uh, he went to Virgin. Virgin, right? Uh, he left and, w- and went to Virgin. Um, goal was pretty well received. Oh, here, yeah, here's what I was talking about. Uh, Kickoff three was developed by Screech. Uh, and uh, it did not do well. It did not do as well as Kickoff Two. By then, Dino had skipped town. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are a ton of uh, of extra data discs and whatnot for this thing. Um, I couldn't find them all. <laughs> I don't think. I maybe I did. I don't know. I've got there was it was Kickoff Two. Then there's World Cup '90. Uh, then there's a version with if you've got a Mega Memory. Then there's Giants of Europe, which is a data disc. I was told that this has uh, uh, European teams, the big ones, with the fully fleshed out with names and colors and whatnot. There's something called the Final Whistle. Um, I, one of these added a ref that would run around the field and would do cards, yellow and red cards. Uh, and all, I guess all these had minor tweaks and stuff. There was one called Return to Europe. Again, I guess it's adding European teams. Winning Tactics, I believe, uh, was a, a uh, expansion to the CPU. One of these did an extra upgrade to the, uh, the computer's logic when you played the computer. There's a Super League expansion disc, and there's one called Maths Disc. I'm going to assume that that's some <laughs> kind of stat-related disc. Yeah, that doesn't now, sound like a whole lot of fun. Now, this is what I found. Um, I don't know if these are... All of them or not? I, I don't. I don't. And I look. I tried to find a full list. And I had a heck of a time. Uh, so if someone you out know, there has more, maybe what let this me know. reminds me of is you know our, we call it DLC now, but you know I can't think. Can you think of another game with this many you know data discs later on? The for ones sale? that came to mind were like Earl Weaver Baseball used to do the data disc thing. Um, some early sports games you would have the day. Hey, Micro Pro Wrestling. <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, it, it has two. Right, I'm know, just saying, but yeah. it was on the C64, there were more, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unusual to have this many, but this is a really popular game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and it, it's still around. And I know there, I know there are hacks and, and mods out there as well uh, for it. Now, that much said, um, the game itself. I fired this thing up. The first time I had a chance to fire it up, it was was emulated. I was like, let's just check this out because I had a spare moment. And I fired it up and grabbed my stick and sat down to play it. I just played it. I just picked an average game because the game's got a lot of options. Um, and I, it was so fast that I thought the emulation was bad. I thought this is almost unplayable, so I'm going to pop back over to the proper meek and I fired it up on there. Nope, it's a fa- <laughs> it's a fast, chaotic romp of a game mm-hmm. uh, uh, with uh, maybe you had better luck than I did in terms of actually trying to figure out a strategy to play it. I tried to uh, to to pass and 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 work strategy to a certain degree and I, I just it just seemed almost it was insane it was so fast now he's right maybe they slowed it down with sensible soccer and, and people liked it more I would like it slower 
It was too fast well, for me. Let me ask you this: Did you ever go into the options and slow the game down? I went to the options and changed and fooled around with pretty much all the settings, mm-hmm. but it was still almost chaotic to me. What did What did you think, Boat? Well, I've played Sensible Soccer. Okay, um, I played it when it came out on the Xbox 360. So I kind of had a small idea of what I was in for. These games are not meant to be pick up and play. You know, these are games that people devote months and months and months just to get a working idea of how the game moves and how your guys react to different things. And so, you know, it's programmed to be difficult. And that doesn't mesh with, you know, how games are these days or even how most retro games are. You know, most retro games, they're meant to be pick up and play. You're immediately out of the gate and you can do something that feels like you're doing something good. Um, I am terrible at kickoff, too. Uh, I have never scored a goal in a match. Me either. But I have scored one goal in practice. (laughs) Um, And, you know, even getting to the goal where you can get a clear shot on the goal is very difficult. Um, you know, you control the ball, but you don't really control the ball. You know, it floats out in front of you. And if you bob and weave, you'll just, the ball will go in one direction and you'll go in the other direction. Um, I tried to find strategy online for this game. There is not much. Uh, I was expecting with the game as popular as this for there to be a bunch of guides, you know, contemporary guides written for people wanting to get into the game. And I found one thing on Lemon Amiga that said that the guy had spent the last three months and he finally now felt like he knew enough to write a beginner's guide. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I watched a lot of YouTube videos, which were just I was hoping again for some sort of a beginner's guide. But a lot of them were just, you know, they'd have music playing in the background and they'd show a bunch of different kinds of goals without information on how to actually do it. So that combined with my general ignorance of how soccer tactics work different formations and things like that um it was not a uh positive outcome however um i did enjoy that there was no offside rule in this game i don't know if you noticed that i i knew i know that it was that there was a rule that was added with an expansion i mm. believe it was the same one that added the ref okay and then i the, i read a review of a or i watched a video of a guy playing it and he said he always turned it off so i'm a guess i don't know if he's that's normal <laughs> because you know offside is you well offside is you know where you kick the ball and it's somehow ahead of the other team i don't really understand how it works but when you turn that off you can just boot the ball the other side of the field everybody runs there and everybody has a good time i yeah. always turn that off in hockey games too yeah um, well, in hockey, I, I have a r- rough idea of what how it works. In this, I have no idea how it works. And so, you know that that was a positive. Um, you know, did you try any of the different pitches? The, the I wet, did the soggy, and it's kind of neat how you know the graphics change. You know, you get the mud around the goals whenever it's wet. Um, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, one thing I didn't realize, but I read in a review was that there is instant replay. You at any time you can reload the last ten seconds of a match. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. I saw that. It's one of the options too, where you can, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so, not I can't think of any other sports game that had that ever. You know, that's not contemporary or even contemporary games that had instant replay. There's been tons and tons. Like what? Um, I think TV Sports had no, it. Actually, it doesn't have it doesn't have replay on demand. You can't hit a button and bring back the last ten seconds of anything. TV Sports football doesn't have it. I could have sworn it had it. Well, not I don't know about football, but basketball sure doesn't. Like. Uh, um, Jeez, you guys are making. I, there are some, okay. but I will say, and sometimes you can even save them, mm-hmm. you know, to to a disc. I, it was a nice, that was a nice uh, 
add uh, the uh, I like the fact that you can that the expansion disc really fleshed it out. You know, if I was uh, really into soccer, it's neat that you can play. Like I, I watch a lot of guys playing this because since I suck so bad, I wanted to see what it looked like when someone knew what they were doing. Well, for starters, honestly, I've watched people play this, and I can't see what they're doing any different than what I. That's what it was. It was maddening. Mm-hmm. But they were like, "Oh, they were getting real excited, and they were talking about this." But I, I guess if you could associate the guys on the screen with players, and the like, I like the idea that you could say, "Take a World Cup from '90," and like I heard a guy talking about the different teams that were in the game, and oh, this team didn't do that well this year, and this one did, and this one played good on wet ground, and I guess that's all sort of in there. Mm-hmm. That's kind of neat. But I mean. And I'm not going to sit here and kill this game. It's, I don't feel like I could kill this game. I'll be honest with you. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was not good. That much said, I'm going to plead ignorance on part of it. And and assume, I'm going to assume that there is some method, unlike, say, wrestling, micro, the, our wrestling game, where I just assumed there was no strategy at all. It was just random. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on the assumption that despite not seeing it, that there is some strategy to get better at this game because it's so popular. I looked at all the reviews when it came out. They were all super positive. I mean, I like the look. It's a good-looking game. I like the, the uh, overhead. It works well, I think, graphically. The little you know radar screen is is, is obvious. I don't know. I, I didn't need that. Well, it was hard for me. I mean, if you're looking at that radar screen and you look away from what you're doing, it's really hard to – I mean, obviously, it's a skill – but I think that the people that are really good at this game just see it in such a different way than you and I see it. To them, it all makes sense. Whereas to us, it's kind of like when you watch NASCAR or, you know, some sport and you hear people saying, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, but I think that, uh, you know, I'm willing to this is I feel like if I was if I was younger and I really wanted to get into it, I could find myself getting into this if I had buddies that played it. But as it is now, you know, I don't think I'll go back to it because I think half of the fun is being part of a group of people that are learning it at the same time, you know, and trying to beat each other. For me, I'm not going to compare it to a sensible soccer and a soccer game. The overhead view and the gameplay, I w- I, the thing that came to my mind was a game called Speedball 2. We haven't reviewed that, but it's an excellent game. It's been out for, it's out for a bunch of systems. It's an overhead view of guys on a, on a, on a court, and they're, they're, it's a similar type game that you, you throw the ball around and you're trying to score a goal. I can control that. I can use strategy. I can see what's developing, mm-hmm. you know, and it was more fun for me. Yeah. This was so manic. I mean, I swear to you, it was so. I, I turned everything down as low as I could get it, so I could just have it. I get my, I get a grasp of what was happening. I, but I could not. Uh, I could not develop any strategies or develop any. And I played the heck out of this game too. I really tried to get into it. I just, uh, it just didn't do it for me. I could never figure out what was going on with the corner kick. You know, the the box pops up with the arrows and you select the thing that you want. But it seemed like, and they said that it's all dependent on how hard or how long you press down the button. Right. But it seems like every time I would press the even a little bit or a lot, he would just kick it and it would go off the other side and have to throw it back in. So. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's yet there is some touch. I didn't have any too much trouble with that. And I could come close. To, I could get to a scoring opportunity sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I never I, was able to score. But, but I've heard, now I've read this after I played it, I read that it's... You will have more luck if you come at the uh, goal from an angle, mm-hmm. which I did not. I don't think I did. I don't remember exactly how I came in at every time, mm-hmm. but maybe I've heard that you can score a lot if you come in at a certain angle. Mm. Uh, I think in later incarnations of this game, uh, they uh, 
with the different skill levels and, and, and the t- and the uh, and the tweaks to the AI, I've heard that that will help make it more fun. And it's probably easier for beginners if you do it again. Which since we didn't review any of the expansions, I didn't install them or try them. So maybe someone out there can let us know. But just on the basis of the game as it appeared, and I, I have kept in mind this was ninety. You know, the, things were still in development. So I try to grade everything on the curve of the of the year it was released. And like I said, graphically, it's a it's a nice game and every and it's playable. Mm-hmm. And probably with more than one person, maybe two players, it would be more fun. And we'll find out when we play this on the stream because I haven't got to play anybody yet. But just as a single player experience, not my cup of tea. Yeah, I agreed. Agreed. That much said, I just for fun, I looked up uh, what you what you could get this game for now. Uh, there are plenty of boxed copies available on our old pal eBay. Uh, all, everything I saw was in the UK or Germany, so I didn't see it. So if you're in the States, you're going to be importing this bad boy, and then you're going to have to play the PAL game uh, on your on your Amiga because it's. I'm sure – I don't know if they even released an NTSC version. They probably did, but I, I have no way of knowing. Uh, the, uh, the game was going – Excuse me. The games that had already been sold had sold roughly between five and seventeen dollars American, or three uh, three and a quarter to eleven pounds. And then uh, everything that's currently up there was. You, I don't know why they're more expensive now, but I guess that people are trying to get a little more money for me. You're looking somewhere in the ballpark of you know twenty five bucks US, sixteen pounds. So the games out there, plenty are available. And if it's your bag uh, and you want to pick it up, it's no problem to get. Great. Well, that's a that's a fun little feature. I always like to see how much stuff is going for now. You know, video games are funny because it's rare to find a game that we talked about how we talk about how games are this you know collectible medium, um, but it's rare to find a game that sells for more than its original purchase price. I mean, maybe five percent of all games ever released, if you were to buy them right now, would sell for more than they originally sold for in stores. It's funny. You're right. And there's so many. You got to think of the history of all consoles and computers, but uh, uh, you can still get a good shake on a lot of computer games. They seem, I mean, they they haven't held their value as much as as your console games have for the most part. Now that's there are exceptions, but uh, um, Amiga games. The problem we have over here in the states is just. The, sh- the lack of them. There just aren't as many. If you're over in the UK, you guys are living like gangbusters over there because there are plenty of options. You can run, you can find a, a 600 uh, Amiga 600 at a, at, a, at a boot sale somewhere, or a pick up a TV Sports Football somewhere, you know, cheap. But I mean, I'm telling you right now, I've never seen any Amiga stuff ever in like a thrift store. I've never seen any. I've very rarely seen any Amiga stuff for sale ever uh, over here, unless you're looking, unless you're dealing with someone personally. So eBay's usually your only option these prices are good of course if you're in the u.s you gotta strap nine ten bucks on that for shipping overseas you gotta wait a couple weeks it sucks yeah. <laughs> so but there's nothing you can do that's what, that's the road we travel well um i think that we've said all that, that we can say about kickoff too do you have anything else well obviously there was no score 
right. uh, on this one. I can tell you I never won a game. Now, but you did score on the computer. No, I never scored. Oh, I thought you said you I did I attempted score. to okay. score. I was in a position to score, mm-hmm. but I never scored. I never scored, and I never, uh, I was never able to beat the computer, obviously. And I also usually generally got crushed. I played probably, I'd say in the last week, I've played about 10 matches and uh, gave up on about five more. <laughs> See, I spent most of my time in the practice mode. Uh-huh. Um, Which I never went into once. <laughs> and uh, like I said, you know, there's no, there are no players on the other side in practice mode, but they do have a keeper. And uh, and so I I <laughs> tried relentlessly to score on him and managed you once. How did you do as being the keeper? When you, when well, you, 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 I don't think you have much control. I don't, I, that's something else I could not understand. Cause I, is, I mean, I, maybe someone out there could point that out too. I, uh, yeah, I, I I thought I had him, and then I didn't. I never understood exactly. Yeah, how it now worked. mine was pretty good. When I I think I might have played three games against the computer, and uh, you know, the first game, I think that you know, as far as goals allowed, I think you know maybe only like two a game or something like that. So my guy was doing his job. I think that I've read that you do have some control if you manage to move your joystick at just the right time. You'll assume control, but I don't know how that works. It'd be interesting to know, and maybe Dino has has uh mentioned this in an interview but i mean if that's the case i'm also the, con- the controls to this there are subtle controller tips that you need to know if you're going to get really good i would assume and it's amazing that those could be programmed in oh yeah you know it always blows my mind that someone could actually put that in the game mm-hmm. you know uh and so. especially when you think about these are not analog controllers <laughs> you know these are on off binary joysticks and uh you've really got to have a deft hand and it'll be interesting when you play it with the the 360 stick you know on the live stream to see how 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 different or the same that it is because i kept thinking well maybe on the amiga stick you can get a little bit you have a lighter touch and but then i was thinking no because it's not analog you know you're pushing up and it goes up so it's so quick and manic i'm not sure it's gonna make a difference i played it originally on the xbox stick and then i switched over to my to my wicko and and i love the wicko the wicko's rock solid but i don't think it helped a bit yeah. <laughs> i think either one of them so eh, you know it's soccer <laughs> so it's it's either like it or you don't but guess what I'm going to be that one guy that stands right in the middle of the fence and has no. <laughs> so if you like it, great. If you like sensible soccer, we'll get to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sensible soccer will be on the list, but don't expect it <laughs> for, for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> so, or cricket. Or <laughs> actually, you know what? Maybe we could do cricket. Uh, uh, we could do cricket. Uh-huh. Well, you might see cricket before you see sensible soccer. <laughs> Why not do darts, too? All right. Oh, we'll do all well, the I love games. a good darts game. Anyway, Aaron, what are we going to do next week? Well, uh, as you know, it's the Halloween season is upon us. So I thought next week we would pick up uh, on that Halloween spirit to do a scary game for the Amiga. Uh, we just, me and my girlfriend just went to a little convention in Lexington, Kentucky called Scarefest. And one of the neat things they had there was a cast reunion from the movie Fright Night. Uh, which was an awesome flick from the, back in the day. Uh, and it just so happens the Amiga has the Fright Night video game. So we're going to give that a whirl next week and see how scary it is. That sounds great. Uh, until next time. Adios. Adios.